0: Welcome back, friends. Bill Creasy here with Friday's episode of Scripture Uncovered. We left off on Wednesday with Solomon firmly established on David's throne. David had died. David engineered Solomon's rise to the kingship and ensured that he would be safe on that throne. But you know, David, after the death of his son Absalom, Remember that? That appalling grief. Oh, Absalom, Absalom, my son, Absalom, if only I had died in your place. Oh, Absalom, my son. After that, David was a broken man. We meet him old, sick, couldn't keep warm even when they put the covers over him. No, that last period of David's life, was a sad period. He was a totally broken man. But there was one thing David never had a chance to accomplish. And perhaps during those final years of his life, he set about doing it. Remember early on, back in 2 Samuel chapter 7, when David became king, we read, In 2 Samuel chapter 7, after the king was settled in his palace and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, he said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am living in a palace of cedar while the ark of God remains in a tent. Remember David had moved up the ark of the covenant to the courtyard in his palace. The pillar of cloud and fire followed. It was a visible sign of God's approval of David's kingship. And then one Wintry night, with the rain coming down in Jerusalem, cold night. David was looking out at the courtyard, the pillar of cloud and fire, the tent of meeting, and thinking, it's not right that I'm here in a palace of cedar and ivory. While God's living in a tent in the rain. David wanted to build a temple for the Lord. A temple. So that night, he said to Nathan the prophet, I want to do this. And Nathan said, whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it. The Lord is with you. But that night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan saying, go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord says. Are you the one to build me a house to dwell in? Have I not dwelt? Have I? I have not dwelt in a house from the day I brought the Israelites out of Egypt to this day. Moses met me when I was living in a bush in the desert. I've been moving from place to place with a tent as my dwelling. Whenever I've moved with the Israelites, did I ever say to any of their rulers, build me a house of cedar? So you tell David, my servant, this. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pastor and brought you from following the flock to be ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you've gone, and I've cut off all your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name great, like the names of the greatest men of the earth, and I will provide a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore as they did at the beginning, and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will also give you rest from all your enemies. And then the Lord said to David, the Lord declares to you, David, that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. I find it very nice that you wanted to build me a house, but tell you what, I'm going to build you one. When your days are over and you rest with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you who will come from your own body, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father. He will be my son. So I'm going to build a house for you from your son. And in David's mind, that would be Solomon. So David gives a hearty, aye, aye, sir. And we don't read about David and the temple anymore. Well, until 1 Chronicles chapter 28. After the death of Absalom, during that period, a decade or so of utter despair and sadness, David resolves to get that temple built. So 1 Chronicles 28, David summoned all the officials of Israel to assemble at Jerusalem, the officers of the tribes, the commanders of divisions in the service of the king, the commanders of thousands, commanders of hundreds, the officials in charge of all the property and livestock belonging to the king and his sons, together with the palace officials, the mighty men, and all the brave warriors. The aged David rose to his feet and he said, Listen to me, my brothers and my people. I had it in my heart to build a house as a place of rest for the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, for the footstool of our God. And I made plans to build it. But God said to me, You are not to build a house for my name. You shed way too much blood with Uriah the Hittite and his men. And yet, the Lord, the God of Israel, chose me from my whole family, to be king over Israel forever. He chose Judah as leader from the house of Judah. And from the house of Judah, he chose my family. And from my father's sons, he was pleased to make me king over all Israel. Of all my sons, 19 of them, the Lord has given me many. He has chosen my son Solomon to sit on the throne of the kingdom of the Lord over Israel. He said to me, Solomon, your son, is the one who will build my house and my courts. For I've chosen him to be my son, and I will be his father in fulfillment of the Davidic covenant. I will establish his kingdom forever if, notice the condition, he is unswerving in carrying out my commands and laws as is being done at this time. So now... I charge you in the sight of all Israel and of the assembly of the Lord and in the hearing of our our God, be careful to follow all the commands of the Lord your God that you may possess this good land and pass it on as an inheritance to your descendants forever. And you, my son Solomon, Acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind, for the Lord searches every heart and understands every motive behind the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you, but if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. So consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a temple as a sanctuary. Be strong and do the work. So notice David is standing in front of all the brave warriors, all the important people of the land. Solomon is standing next to him, and David gives this speech. I had in my heart to build a temple. God told me no, but my son will build it. So then notice, David gave his son Solomon the plans for the portico of the temple, its buildings, its storerooms, its upper parts, its inner rooms, the place of atonement, He gave him the plans of all the Spirit had put in his mind for the courts of the temple of the Lord and all the surrounding rooms, for all the treasuries of the temple of God, and for the treasuries for dedicated things. He gave him instructions for the divisions of priests and Levites and for all the work of serving in the temple of the Lord, as well as for all the articles to be used in its service. He designated the weight of gold for all the gold articles to be used in various kinds of service, and the weight of silver for all the silver articles to be used in various kinds of service. The weight of the gold for the gold lampstands and their lamps, with the weight for each lampstand and its lamps, and the weight of silver for each silver lampstand and its lamps, according to the weight of each lampstand the weight of gold for each table for consecrated bread, the weight of silver for silver tables, the weight of pure gold for the forks, sprinkling bowls and pitchers, the weight of gold for each gold dish, the weight of silver for each silver dish. Now get this, David could not build the temple. God told him no, but your son Solomon will. And yet David, in this last decade of his life, drew up the blueprints for the temple. He had all the plans for it right there. He knew all the articles that would go in the temple, the weight of the gold, everything, and he put aside the resources to get all that done. David designed that temple, funded that temple, and David took all the Levites, the tribe of Levi, the priests, and organized them into 24 divisions to serve in rotation at the temple. The musicians, the singers, and all the rest. David even wrote the songs that would be sung. 73 of the 150 psalms are attributed to David. This is what David spent the last decade of his life doing. We read in 1 Chronicles 28, verse 19 All this, David said, I have in writing from the hand of the Lord upon me, and he gave me understanding in all the details of the plans. He said to Solomon, Be strong and courageous and do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Because you can imagine the look on Solomon's face. Did Solomon know his father David was doing all this? Solomon's king or going to be king. Huh. Don't be afraid. Solomon's looking at his feet. And King David said to the whole assembly, My son Solomon, here, and he gestures to Solomon, the one whom God has chosen, is young and inexperienced, and the task is great because this palatial structure is not for man, but for the Lord God. With all my resources, I have provided for the temple of my God. Gold for the gold work, silver for the silver. David funded the whole thing. And then put Solomon in charge of getting it done. The last portion of David's life was devoted to, to doing this. And when Solomon gets that temple built, David has died. The temple's finished. We read in Kings that Solomon began to build the temple in the fourth year of his reign. Solomon became king in 970 BC. So 966, he began building the temple and completed it in 959 B.C. That temple will stand until the Babylonians destroy it in 586 B.C. But once that temple is built, Solomon has a great dedication ceremony and a fabulous prayer, a lengthy prayer. And part of that prayer well, most of it's addressed to the Israelites who come to the temple to worship God. But in 1 Chronicles 6, verse 32, here's part of the prayer. As for the foreigner, who does not belong to your people, Israel, but has come from a distant land because of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm, when he comes and prays toward this temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place and do whatever the foreigner asks of you so that all the people of the earth may know your name and fear you as do your own people, Israel, and may know that this house I have built bears your name. As for the foreigner who's come a long long way to be at this temple, hear their prayer and act upon it. When we travel to Israel, on our teaching tours. This last March was my 63rd teaching tour to Israel. We stand before the Western Wall of the temple platform. That's where Solomon's temple had stood, where that platform is today. The platform is built, itself was built by Herod the Great much, much later, but that's where the temple stood. And when we stand there before the Western Wall, we have an opportunity to take our prayers written on little tissue papers go to the wall and stick them in the cracks in the wall why because of solomon's prayer in second chronicles as for the foreigner who does not belong to your people israel but has come from a long way off hear his prayer people who have come from san diego los angeles chicago Atlanta, all over, hear their prayer. And that's what's behind slipping the papers into the Western Wall, the prayers being offered to God. I remember a story I was told about a young man who was really searching for truth, and uh, he went off to Tibet to meet the Dalai Lama, and uh, they had a good conversation, and and he said, you know, I I would, I, I have, I have so many questions I'd like to ask God. And the Dalai Lama said, uh, well, you know, we, we have a phone here that's a direct connection to God. And you could use it if you'd like. But I have to tell you, it has a big long-distance charge on it. It'll be expensive. And the young man said, well, I'm just a poor student, and I, I couldn't afford something like that. So uh, the young fellow then went to Rome and he met with the Pope and said the same thing. And the Pope said, well, we have a phone here with a direct connection to God, but it's a very expensive call. And uh, I'm sorry, I just can't afford that. So he went to Jerusalem and he stood at the Western Wall with the head rabbi of Jerusalem. And he had all these same questions about what he wanted to say to God. And the rabbi said, well, we have a phone here. He said, I know, I know. It's a, I know you have a direct line to God, and, but I know it's a very expensive phone call. And the rabbi said, oh, hey, no, here it's a local call. <laughs> I love that story. Well, the temple is built and dedicated. David's dream has come true. But that last decade of David's life You know, he was a broken man, but he he was fixated on the temple. All the things David had done, the great sins he had committed. I mentioned that 73 of the 150 psalms are attributed to David. But I think David's most well-known psalm, and the one that we all know the best, I suppose, is Psalm 23. As I read Psalm 23, and I'm going to read it to you from the King James translation, because that's the one we all know. This is the psalm of an old king. The psalm of a king who had been an outlaw on the run, a dashing and daring warrior, a mercenary, magnificent warrior, great king, Yet a deeply flawed man. Here's what David writes in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. king, a broken man, yet one who had faith in God. Remember when the child conceived by Bathsheba, when David had raped her, the child died and David had been mourning and grieving and praying to spare the child and then the child died and David got cleaned up and ate dinner and his men said to him, what, what gives? While the child was alive, you fasted, you wept. Now the child's dead, you're, you're back to normal? And David said, I cannot bring him back to me, but I will go to him. And I noted at that point, that's, that's a, a wonderful thing. For a person to remember who's lost a child. You can't bring them back, but when you step out into eternity, they will be there waiting for you. David knows that, and I think he's thinking about Absalom in the psalm. David ended his life a very complex person, simple in one way, but There were deep waters running through David. David, as I'm sure you can tell, is my favorite character in all of Scripture. And the story of King David is one of the greatest stories in all of world literature. And we've moved through it together here in these podcasts. So next week I'd like to do something special. We're coming up on the week before Christmas and uh, i would like to give you as a podcast for next week the christmas story something i recorded uh, some time ago in a live class and um, it'll be my christmas gift to all of you so thank you for being here thank you for being with me three times a week here on the podcast thank you for coming to logosbiblestudy.com and and uh, we have some big things happening on on the website coming up for this uh, new year, and I'll fill you in on that as we go. Uh, we have the, all the courses, every single book in the Bible, including the Deuterocanonical books, will be available on logosbiblestudy.com, completely open. You can take any course that you want at any time. And uh, this is going to be a big move for us coming into twenty. 20- 21. So please keep me in your prayers, and I'll be back with you next week with the story of Christmas. Bye-bye now.